Support for Under the Radar comes from Wellwithall. Wellwithall believes that self-care is community care. Premium products crafted for your daily wellness, from sleep support to heart health to your daily regimen. 20% of Wellwithall's profits are committed to leading the fight for health equity. They won't stop until it is truly Wellwithall. I'm Callie Crossley, and this is Under the Radar with Callie Crossley. And now for the part of the show we call Lanya. That's Creole for something extra. Indifferent, working, absent, stereotypes of fathers as disengaged and unloving are common, generally underscored with long-standing media images of dads as incompetent in the role as parent. But a cultural shift in how modern-day fathers interact with their kids is changing the image and the role of fatherhood. First, Under the Radar's producer, Jesse Steinmetz, spoke with a Boston-area father about what it means to be a dad in 2023. Hi, my name is Alberto Malacarne, and I'm uh, currently a father of a -a two-and-a-half-year-old, and I'm expecting a second child this August. So I've been a father for two years, and um, when she was born, um, I remember it was uh, COVID time, but I was lucky enough that I was able to be in the in the room. I remember the um, the nurse said that I was a very uh, excited father, uh, and I was uh, um, sort of cheering my wife. And I remember it was really like an emotional moment, and and even more was you know, the first few days, you know, when our daughter was born, like the feeling of you know holding her, you know, we would find ourselves crying sometimes just because we were living that moment. Uh, my name is Dr. Raymond Levy. Uh, I am founder and director of the Fatherhood Project uh, at Mass General Hospital. I've had over 40 years of experience working with uh, men and fathers and um, doing doing clinical work as a clinical psychologist. So everybody grows up with an image of of a father in their minds based on their own experience. And when you haven't had an involved father or responsible father, it's much harder to be what we would call a good father, what I would call a good father. Uh, not having a you know, great relationship with my father myself, I was uh, worried that, uh, you know, I, I really didn't know what to expect of being a father. So the first thing we do is try, either individually or in groups actually, try to increase individual self-awareness of their own experience of fatherhood because that will influence how they choose to be a father themselves. They need to understand where some of their less helpful behaviors are coming from. parents got divorced pretty uh, uh, early in my life and uh, you know it was not really too much present in my life it didn't give too much affection from the very beginning um, even at the hospital they encouraged us to have you know the contact with the baby physical contact both with the mother and with the father plus uh, 
going forward in terms of uh, the relationship with my daughter. Um, first of all, we are Italian as origin, and so we are very, very physical in the sense we, we, we hug a lot. Uh, and so, you know, we develop with our daughter a very good physical relationship in a good way. Our research showed, by the way, fathers want to be engaged and they want to understand pregnancy and infant development much better. They also, this is an interesting finding, father's testosterone actually drops after the birth of a child. Now, we don't quite know how long that's the case, but, you know, obviously it suggests that it's a, a biological way to help fathers be engaged with their current offspring, with their current infant, uh, also less aggressive because of the uh, lowered uh, testosterone. We play a lot together, we, we joke a lot together, laugh a lot, uh, you know, we fight a lot and uh, she always wins. Uh, <laughs> But she's, uh, it's so fun because she, she, was, she was already making fun of me when she was like one year old. Fight about the fact that sometimes she just doesn't want to do what you tell her she has to do. And, you know, and, there's an, and it's just like a power struggle. And uh, as the pediatrician says, you know, the, 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 the kids always win. Developing the capacity to understand the world from uh, their child's point of view I think is, is critical and maybe just as important as the idea of self-awareness self about their own experience and their own feelings about fatherhood and where they came from. The emotional engagement comes along with the self-awareness and the empathy, but we talk about getting to know uh, their children and being able to put into words qualities that their children have based on their observations of their children when they're when they're with them. Sometimes you need to make sure that you uh, that you win as well because they need to know that you know that they have to uh, respect what you tell them to do. So but uh, but that, that's you know, certainly a challenging part. Uh, particularly if you have a like very strong willed child like I have. So. But it's going to be certainly interesting to see how it develops, you know, depending on how strong-willed is the second child, uh, how it develops the relationship between the two of them. On one side, I certainly feel more ready, but on the other side, I feel more anxious because now there's going to be, uh, you know, certainly more challenges. There is a time management challenge and a financial challenge, particularly living in Boston, that you have to face with two child and with the insane cost of living, cost of childcare mostly. The financial strains and the, the emotional connections don't come as easily for many, many men and they need help. They either need resources or they need family to help. A uh, parent might not be any better in the upper middle class context than uh, in lower income families, but there are ways to compensate if you have a lot of resources. So it's a significant, significant difference and certainly affects the impact on black and Hispanic families, which tend toward lower incomes in our culture than, uh, than white families. Thank you.
fathers have been called on uh, to be frontline caretakers much more than they they used to be. Uh, they spend much more time with their children, and they they spend more time alone with their children at critical times when women are still at work, whether it's professional or a wage-earning job. Fathers emotional engagement with the family and with the children makes for better social, emotional, and academic outcomes for the kids. I think in these, uh, with me and my wife, we've been really 50-50 in everything. 50-50 you know, in providing both financial in the sense that, you know, we both have a, a good and stable job and both 50-50 in providing, uh, you know, care for our child. I mean, I'm very optimistic. I'm, I'm excited about young fathers who want to be very engaged now. I think that will continue. I'm excited about the fact that more men, more fathers buy into the idea that uh, self-awareness, psychological sophistication, awareness of parenting principles, uh, development of personal capacity for empathy and nurturance, I, I see all that in, increasing over over time. So far, we are uh, reading books, singing songs, uh, not yet to the level of telling her stories. Probably uh, the most exciting thought I have now is really to see the the, the relationship that uh, uh, they, uh, you know, my two children will develop. You know, how it's going to develop. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see, uh, you know, how they're going to react together and how they're going to live together for, um, you know, play together before and, you know, develop relationship in the future. So that's that's a really exciting thing that I look forward. Maybe, maybe the, the thing I look forward the most to see. And now we're continuing the conversation about modern-day fatherhood. Joining me now, Dr. Charles Daniels, Jr., co-founder and CEO of the Boston-based Fathers Uplift. Hi, Charles. Hello. Thank you for having me. So glad to have you. Also with me, Dr. Harvey Karp, pediatrician, founder and CEO of Happiest Baby and author of The Happiest Baby on the Block. Welcome, Harvey. Hi, Kelly. Thanks so much for having me. I'm delighted to have both of you, and I want to start very simply from each of you, uh, based on your experiences, what makes a good father? I'll start with you, Dr. Karp, because you have a foot in each world, one uh, from the old traditional ways of how fathers interacted, and you've been around to see the cultural shift now with young fathers doing something differently. Well, you know, everyone wants to be a good parent, I think. It's how we define that, and what's really been pretty much of a, of a shocking change over the last 50 years is how much we've been removed from our extended family and now taking the place. The father is not just the father, the father is the uncle, the father is the cousin. In other words, there, there are a lot of relationships that men in the family are, are taking up today that used to be divided among many different men. But um, as Dr. Levy said, more and more we're seeing fathers wanting to be engaged having the empathic capabilities of being engaged. And we see them increasing really over the last 50 years, doubling or tripling the amount of time they spend in childcare and in household chores. Having said that, women are still, you know, that was coming, that was tripling from very low levels. And so now they're much more engaged. Uh, women still, of course, carry the brunt 
of the of the time for uh, child care and, and home chores as well. Are we moving toward more co-parenting, though, in a way, uh, even understanding that women are still carrying the burden, but a father's moving closer to that co-parenting role? Oh, I think absolutely so. And I think it's driven by the economic realities um, because now more more times than not, you have two earner families, sometimes two each each partner has even two jobs. And so there's really been an economic imperative that drives that division of labor. So, Dr. Daniels, same question to you. Um, what makes a good father and what's your observation since you've been doing the work with Fathers Uplift? And remind us how long you've been um, heading that work. Yes. So I've been at Fathers Uplift since 2011. And essentially, We've seen a lot of challenges that fathers have experienced, but at the same time, we are seeing that fathers are starting to have more grace for themselves. They're realizing that they don't have to be perfect to be a good father. And given the challenges that we're currently experiencing in the world today, it's easy to give up on parenting when you are homeless or when you are struggling with a substance use. But what we're seeing today is that these dads are saying, you know, I'm not perfect, but I'm giving myself another shot to be great. And I'm going to continue to do my job as a father or do what it is that I'm called to do. And that's to be the best parent that I can be. So we've seen dads overcome significant amount of challenges since 2011. So grace, I would say, is what required for fathers to be great parents. Tell us a story about someone who's come to you feeling like, I can't father a child. I can't. I don't, I, that's a role I can't embrace, at least as I understand what fatherhood is and how you've been able to help them bridge to a place where they can. Yeah. So one, one example of that, we've had a father who was on a heart transplant list and his child was thousands of miles away from him in another state. And you can only imagine when you're waiting for a heart and you're looking at, you know, your mortality standing in the face as you are waiting for a heart transplant. You can imagine how difficult that, that can be. So we've managed to support um, this father who we love and care for. And we ended up getting through all of that parenting battles and court battles. But what ended up happening was that this father was able to have an increased sense of self-esteem and confidence because he knew that there was a group of people that believed in him. But at the same time, he wasn't so hard on himself because he was on a transplant list and he was feeling depressed. He understood that this is a part of the process. And the story had a perfect outcome. He ended up getting his heart. And he also ended up having his daughter who is now in his life. But you can only imagine, you know, sometimes fathers, well, often we need someone that can hold our hands as we're struggling but grace, when you have that, you give yourself a second chance. And he was able to find that, and it worked out well for him. If you're just tuning in, this is Under the Radar with Callie Crossley. I'm Callie Crossley. And here with me are Dr. Charles Daniels, Jr., CEO of Boston-based Fathers Uplift, and Dr. Harvey Karp, author of The Happiest Baby on the Block. We're discussing how fatherhood has evolved in American culture. So, Dr. Karp, um, I know both of you will agree with me about this. The images of fatherhood out here in the media have done um, great damage in some ways because some men who are fathers assume, well, if the portrayal of me as a bumbling, incompetent, whatever, then or distant and disengaged, that's that's what I play out in my real life. Um, how damaging has that been, and how have you seen that change recently? Well, I think that um, obviously stereotypes uh, paint all of us into corners, and but I think that it's really the social pressures writ large that have been the the greatest kind of misdirection and now redirection for parents. 
I mean, ultimately, you know, if you follow the old stereotypes of the, the father goes to work and he works hard and he brings home the bacon and then he's reading the newspaper or watching a basketball game and that's his relationship. But, um, but really, if you go back before that, when people were living on the farms and children were apprenticing to their, their parents and they had their uncles nearby and other male figures, it was a much richer environment for learning about what were the roles of a man in your life. You know, all parents today, it's kind of a striking thing. Many times parents have never even held a baby in their lives hmm. when they have their own baby. They're very educated, um, but they may not be very experienced with, with, that, um, with that role. And what was so interesting with one of your early interviewers saying about the physical closeness and as uh, in the hospital, even we we ask mothers and fathers to hold the baby skin to skin, and something magical happens in that you you almost start the entire path of the next part of your life in a different direction when you have that feeling of the vulnerability of that baby in your arms. And so, what's beautiful, what I've seen over my fifty years in in, in pediatrics, is this openness of fathers in the very beginning of the relationship, which then builds this opportunity for uh, increased um, physical closeness and wanting to share, really wanting to take a, a major role in sharing what is the meaning of love and how do I show love to my child? I think that's been something that fathers think about much more today than they did 50 years ago. And I just want to follow up your comments, Dr. Karp, with a scene from Blackish. Uh, the main character, Dre, um, is a modern dad, and he's come to realize that his connection with his own son, who's about 20 or so, uh, became better when he became vulnerable with him. And in this scene, he's trying to get his dad, one of those traditional guys, um, to connect with him in the same way. All right, they say the most vulnerable and intimate thing you can do is look into someone's eyes without looking away. Son, waiting and exhaling is for the two of you, not for me. Hey, Pops. Oh, that's what I thought. I thought the same thing before it brought us together. Hmm. All right, and now I've never felt so free. So come on, Pops, let's do it. Come on, man, look at me. Do you see me, Pops? What do you think about that, Dr. Daniels, in terms of that vulnerability being expressed out here in the open and and uh, in the media images now? Wow. You know, that touched my heart. And that was actually my first time um, seeing that. And the reason why it touched my heart is because when we first started this organization, um, Fathers Uplift, what we realized was that it was a it was hard to tell the story about the, the struggles that men have when they're trying to be the best fathers they can be and be separated from their children while uplifting dads and encouraging other people to recognize that fathers are actually doing um, a great job, especially Black fathers in the community concurrently. You know, if you talk about father absence in the past, it's like, well, um, you're saying that all Black fathers are absent. And we always say that's not the case. But what we are saying is that the issues of vulnerability, the issues of shame, guilt, and embarrassment present as a huge obstacle for fathers to stay engaged. If I could just add on to that for a second, which is mm -hmm. um, this is really um, a moment in a lifetime of, of receiving grace. When you become a father, we think of that as you're the father of this child, but you also become the father of your father 
and the father of yourself and a father in the community. You have a different role of responsibility in, in the entire community that, that you exist in. And so, especially for that, that um, clip that you played, it is not for us to be there in judgment of the prior generation. It's for us to be understanding of that prior generation and the trials and tribulations that they had that made them end up in a certain direction. When you can, when you can, when you can open your heart to those possibilities, you simultaneously open up your heart to your own challenges and the path that you've taken, which then allows you to be a more uh, present, aware, and nurturing parent for your children as well as for your community. It really is spreading your wings, I think, happens uh, really in a very pivotal way when you take on this role of fatherhood. Well, once again, Dr. Karp, you've led me to uh, a, a clip I'd like to play for our listeners. This is from This Is Us. Um, and the character of Kevin and his father, who was his father, was portrayed as fabulous in the series. Kevin now is a father. He's a single father. Um, and this is the scene. Do him a favor. Stop trying to live up to me. I was terrified of being like my dad and you were terrified of not being like yours. I thought that was beautifully expressing what you were saying, Dr. Carp. Yeah, it is. And these one of the curious things that happens, and people don't even, they, it's hard to, to anticipate this before it happens, but it is such a profound experience when your child is born. And maybe it's gonna be the instant they're born and you hold that little body against yours, or maybe it's gonna be months later. It doesn't always, the fruit doesn't always ripen at the same time for every family. But what I've seen over and over again is this is the time that, you know, drug users give up drugs and gamblers give up gambling and motorcycle drivers buy Volvos and teenagers suddenly feel a purpose in their lives where they didn't have that before. It is really, tra this transition is transformational for so many people. And finally, what would you wish for fathers, modern day fathers today on Father's Day? I'll start with you, Dr. Daniels. I just wish for you to be gentle with yourselves, you know, despite where you are, your position in life, and, and whether you're engaged every day or once a month or not at all, you still should celebrate yourself for Father's Day. You still should love on yourself and know that you are an important father and your kids care about you. And the same question to you, Dr. Carp. What would you wish for fathers on this Father's Day? I would wish for them to be present and to pay attention to the little things. Because one of the things that happens with parents is the days fly by so fast um, that you kind of want to hold on to it. So be in the moment, have some fun, be a little silly, get on the floor, um, be present. Thank you both for joining me and happy Father's Day to you both. Thanks so much, Kelly. Happy Thank Father's you. Day to everybody Thank out you. there. Yes, same here. Have a good one. Dr. Charles Daniels Jr. is the co-founder and CEO of the Boston-based Fathers Uplift, and Dr. Harvey Karp is a pediatrician, the founder and CEO of Happiest Baby, and author of The Happiest Baby on the Block. We're going out on R&B singer Luther Vandross's Dance With My Father. That's it for this week's edition of Under the Radar with Callie Crossley. Listen to us online at GBH News or wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us on Twitter and Facebook to stay up to date with our programming. Under the Radar with Callie Crossley is a production of GBH, produced by Jesse Steinmetz and engineered by Dave Goodman. Our intern is Miriam Hydara. 
Our theme music is Fish and Chips by We Are Two Saxies, Grace Kelly and Leo P. Listen again on Thursday and see you here at 6 p.m. next Sunday for a new episode. I'm Callie Crossley. Thanks for listening. to dance with my father again.